Hey everybody and welcome to the Sacred Resistance Podcast. This is episode number 35. Today we had on an awesome, awesome lady named Amy Lenius. Um, she has a podcast called The Evolution of Mom um, where she helps women harmonize their health, happiness and hormones. And uh, it was a really good episode about women's health and uh, I was uh, being a guy just kind of uh, trying to keep up. Yeah, Amy and I met a couple weeks ago at a mutual friend's house and instantly I was like, we need you on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, She's a wealth of knowledge um, with women's hormones. She has been through the gauntlet with her own um, health and she is just now here advocating for women's health and happiness and freedom and um, yeah, so... Like you will hear in this episode, women don't need to have terrible periods. They don't need to have um, horrible symptoms throughout their menstrual cycles. And Amy offers um, offers a course yeah. on help how, with that. yeah, to help with that. And she's just she's just a lovely, lovely soul and oh, yeah. um, so beautiful hap- shining soul. Yeah, beautiful shining soul. We were so lucky to have met her before she moves away. And um, Amy, if you you are listening thank you so much for coming on the podcast we thoroughly enjoyed it and are so excited for what you are offering to women yeah yeah so uh enjoy the show amy's awesome and you are all awesome and i'll make sure to put all the information of how to connect with her on our in our show notes so definitely definitely look her up and amy sending you lots of love yeah lots of love if you're listening to this you are the resistance the sacred resistance hey guys before we get on to our interview with our podcast guest i just wanted to interject here a little bit about our clothing line that we have launched i know we've been talking about this for a long time but i just wanted to remind you guys that it is up and running We have anything from men's to women's to clothing for little kids and babies, all sorts of gear to represent sacred resistance and things that say, like, my parents call the shots for little kids t-shirts and whatnot. So check us out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Represent. Put Put on some swag and represent. Show the world what you think. We'll put the link to it in the show notes. So, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for being here with us. Yeah. We love you all. Okay, here we go. All right, Amy. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Us too. Um, I would love it if you could introduce yourself and uh, tell our listeners what a beautiful soul you are. Oh, thank you. Uh, My name is Amy Lenius. I am a homeschooling mom of two boys. I'm also an entrepreneur. I have a wellness business. I have a podcast myself, and I'm also building a whole platform around women's health. It's called the Peaceful Period Project. And so I have a lot of hats that I wear, but I have a deep serving heart for helping women. That's my number one passion. I love public speaking, and I love to be on platforms such as this that feel so aligned with what it is that I do and my beliefs as well. Nice. I love that name right off the bat, the peaceful period process. Right. Project. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Or process. <laughs> that works too. It all falls in. Yeah. 
I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Like our periods don't have to be excruciating and terrible. Mm -hmm. And um, once I started cleaning up my lifestyle and getting rid of inflammation, my periods totally like were, I was like, what's going on? Like, I didn't even know my period was coming. And that was a huge change for me, huge change. And I feel like women who have excruciating periods, it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. We've kind of been brought up in this space now where just because it's common, it makes it normal as well. But I like to say just because it's common doesn't make it normal or okay. And we've gone so far one way to thinking that that's how periods have to be. That's how women's health have to be. That's how, you know, just being a woman is that when women start to heal their bodies and their periods go down to totally painless, only a couple days, three days at the most, and they didn't know it was coming. They actually start to think there's something wrong. Is there something wrong with me now? No, that that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Welcome to pain-free periods. (laughs) Amazing. And, and I feel like so many women just don't want to talk about it either. Like we're getting better now in this, in in this day and age, but it's such a taboo talk topic for a lot of, a lot of mamas. Yeah. A lot of things happen. I'm, I'm glad that it's out now. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember, you know, when, when, moms or aunts or whoever was getting their period it was like stay away for a week it is holy hell in the house like it's chaotic right like it's about time that we start getting in touch with our bodies again and and figuring this stuff out oh my gosh I agree with that so much so yeah it was either not talked about or it was brought up as oh there's a woman in your house who's so hormonal like give her some space make sure she's Yes. No, that's (laughs) what a stigma. Hey, everybody walk on eggshells. Yeah. 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 And so a lot of us are brought up into that space and especially like as a mom of two boys, I think it's really important for me to help raise them in a space where they know what women's bodies go through, that it's normal, that it's healthy. And that instead of, you know, not talking about it or maybe snickering about it, like, Oh my gosh. Like my biggest dream is when girls get their period in schools that someone knows how to support them. Yeah. And it's not this like big joke. It's like, Oh, okay. It's time. We all know what this is. This is a valuable, important part of your life here. Let's support you. And I want boys to be able to do that as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you went through this, you probably did, but going, getting your period in high school and all of a sudden, like you have nothing on you and you have to like wear a sweatshirt around your, your jeans that day because you've totally bled through and have no backups. And it's so humiliating. So humiliating. And you had to rely on the girls who got it before you, because a lot of our parents even didn't sit down and have these healthy conversations with us about what your body is about to go through. They kind of assumed, Hey, you learned about this in school for like an hour. So you're probably good, right? You learned that eventually this is going to happen to you, but yeah, it's, uh, it's too bad, (laughs) but I think we're breaking away from that. I really do. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I think I had three period cycles before I told my mom, I got my period. Yeah. And my mom and I were close. Like, I just was so humiliated. I couldn't even like thinking about that now. I'm like, oh my gosh, like my kids, my, I've got, we've got two boys too, just like you. And they, they know what a period is. I've explained it to them and they know I don't use tampons or, um, anymore, but like, they know what a tampon is because I'm, I'm not going to hide those things. I'm like, these are what women have to use. And, um, but yeah, even the, the toxicity that are in tampons and stuff, I don't know if you go into that very much, but, uh, I, I started waking up to what was in a tampon and how it can cause toxic shock syndrome. And I was like, 
what, what are we putting in our bodies and have been for however many years now? And, yeah. and how they actually make our symptoms worse. The exactly. symptoms we're trying to get away from. Yeah. yeah. I have a whole, in my peaceful period project, I have a whole module on toxin-free periods and how we can step away from tampons and pads and use menstrual cups. And there's menstrual underwear now that is so amazing. Yeah. And there's so many things out there that we have options now. Yeah. We have informed choices we can make that you know, can align more with ourselves and our bodies. And it's empowering. Yeah, it is so empowering. Well, I can just imagine, like, I don't know what tampons are made of, but I know everything, even the, like down to, you know, you, when you, when, once you start going down the rabbit hole, everything that they make is like, it's got ridiculous chemicals in it that are unnecessary fire retardants and all these things. And you're shoving like something like that, like a cotton swab <laughs> up your vagina, which is just going to absorb whatever chemicals very, are in that yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very absorbent mucus membrane. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah. And when you're using products that have literal endocrine disruptors in them, right. And that's our hormonal system. That's something that goes in there and disrupts your hormone system that you're trying to use to support something that's naturally occurring with your hormones is just so backwards, you know? So how did you, like, I know you have a story. I'd love for you to explain your story if you feel comfortable doing so, but how did you (laughs) wake up to this? Like, what was your process of getting to where you are today? Mm. My process started as a teenager, (laughs) young teenager, getting my period, going through all the things and then realizing that actually mine was quite painful. Yeah. And quite excessive. And like you said, there's not a lot of talk going on at that point. So I just assumed that everyone was going through that as well. But I started noticing that other, you know, young girls at that time were dealing with this time in life a little bit better than I was. Obviously, it was an adjustment for them, but I was actually suffering. I was in so much pain. I had debilitating periods. I had ridiculous PMS. And then I started having pain outside of that, you know, week long period, it was starting to happen all through the month. And that's when I started asking for help. I started seeking medical help and I actually got met with a lot of, Oh, this is just normal. Welcome to being a woman. Oh, these are just normal female problems. (laughs) Pardon me. Like 15 year old being told, Oh, this is just normal female problems. This is just a part of being a woman. Great. So I have to deal with this for the rest of my life. And they're like, Oh, not till not for the rest of your life. Then you're going to go through something called menopause. And it's this whole other joyous thing that women go through. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, trauma. (laughs) And so I, you know, suffered in silence a little bit longer and then it got worse and worse. And finally, I just kept going to appointments, going to appointments, seeing who would help me. Finally, someone took a look and I ended up having an exploratory surgery and got diagnosed with endometriosis. So that's a hormonal imbalance condition where your uterine cells or cells like your uterine cells like to proliferate outside of where they're supposed to be. And it causes a lot of problems. Mm not so fun problems. And so then I was in that. Now I had a diagnosis of, okay, now you're actually going to have chronic pain for life. You probably won't be able to have children. Here's a bunch of drugs we're going to try. Let's see what happens. Right. And that was a system I went through for a long time. It was years of that, of being on all sorts of painkillers, all sorts of hormonal interventions, different birth controls, all sorts of things. And then in my early twenties, I kind of had this moment of clarity, like I'm on all of these drugs. I feel like crap. I still have a lot of pain. I still have ridiculous periods. And now I'm having all these side effects from the drugs that I was taking to help me with what I was going through. And so I just safely went off of everything. Yeah. 
everything. And I started from scratch. I wanted to get to know my body again. I wanted to know what was serving me, what wasn't. And it was a really incredible experience. Actually, I started playing around with treatments like physio and acupuncture and cranial sacral therapies, this random little thing that I actually learned how to do in RMT school, but it's super woo woo. And I love it, Mm -hmm. but it's, it was really fun to kind of play with that process of getting to know my body again. And then uh, Chris and I were able to get pregnant. Wow. Nice. Yeah. We had the discussion because obviously that involves both of us now, if I'm going off birth control and (laughs) all those things, we had those discussions and I was able to get pregnant actually right before our wedding. So I was actually pregnant when we got married and that was a beautiful part of our celebration actually, because I was told I might never be able to have children. So just giving my body that kind of rest and that kind of time and that kind of space, I was able to do that. And after we had Maverick, all my symptoms came back. And then it was time to talk more about, okay, what kind of interventions can I do? I went back into the medical system just out of habit. I feel like I went back in like, hey, this is back. It's severe. Help me. And then something shifted. My pain got worse Mm. and I felt like I was dying. And so I ended up going into the hospital four times in one week where they kept sending me home with just heavier pain medications, heavier pain medications, telling me that it was my endometriosis. I'm just going to have to bear through it and you need to go home. And this really got me to a point of, and this is why I speak on this so deeply now is as women and as humans, as people, we know our bodies better than anybody else. We know what it feels like. We know what our normal pain is versus something that's new and acute. We know when our body needs some sort of support. We may not always know what it is, Mm -hmm. but we know when, when we need help. And so it was on that fourth, I don't, maybe even fifth visit that I stood there and I was like, there is something wrong. It is not my usual pain. I am not leaving this emergency room until someone at least does an ultrasound and checks out what's going on. So someone did, someone finally listened. Yes, it's it's awful, yes. (laughs) But someone finally listened and I was rushed into surgery. I had an internal bleed. I had a cyst burst on my ovary that was so big it didn't close off and I was bleeding internally and literally dying I was going to say what would have happened if they didn't do that would you could you have bled I would have died yep holy shit so if they had sent me home you know even one more time with a heavier drug to just you know render me unconscious that would have been the idea yeah I would have died I had an internal bleed and I had a really incredible surgeon who when all was said and done. He actually took pictures for me. He's like, you like anatomy and physiology, right? Like, I'm like, yes, I love it. It's one of my favorite things. He's like, I took pictures. Do you want to see? I'm wow. like, oh, absolutely. yes, I want to see. And he's like, this is what it looked like when we opened you up and you couldn't see anything. Cause it was just blood. My whole abdomen was oh like filling God. with blood. I had wow. this internal bleed. And I was like, huh? He's like, but saved your ovary. I was like, Oh, thanks guy. Yeah, no doubt. So this is going to sound really weird how I'm relating this to, to opening you up. So we, we moved up to this area <laughs> and we, uh, have embraced our farm life and we had to process chickens. So we <coughs> actually had to butcher and <clears throat> kill chickens. So in my mind, cause I was always grossed out with like cutting things open. I've, I've had a whole shift and can deal with it a lot better now. So we, how many did we process? Seven, eight, 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 eight oh, seven or eight, yeah, seven eight. or eight chickens, um, roosters. Cause we had way too many men. And now we have all 
females and one rooster and i love we love our hens. oh it's way better it's way we better love we had to get our, rid of all those roosters it was madness it, but I the bet. hens are lovely so anyways i i divert not um, get rid of they're in the freezer we're, yeah yeah yeah, not- <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. um but as we're processing it like we did it all ourselves in my mind i don't know why i thought it would be such this bloody like just mess mm. but it was actually once we once once, once we drain the, blood, drain the blood out it was actually this clean and I'm like oh there's the kidneys there's the liver there's the gallbladder there's the like it became like you a just, science experiment you thought that all the organs were going to be swimming in blood right yeah. like kind of but not yeah. like I guess I hadn't really thought about it before I'm like well no because the blood's in the blood right, yeah. vessels and yeah. whatever so when I can see how now I have a visual picture of what the inside of a chicken looks like I'm sure our innards aren't drastically different than that and yeah if there's blood all in there that would be severely wrong yeah yeah yep absolutely (laughs) and good for you i love that you're embracing this farm life we only have four hens and like they all have names we love them so much so i'm like not there yet with them Oh, yeah. oh no, we won't. We won't. It would have to be like a separate, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But I love that. I love that you guys are embracing that so much. And that's something we want to dive into more as we like get into this journey as well. And I think our boys so cool name for the, the kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah I get it. Where's Goblin? Like, oh, Goblin's uh, in the freezer now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, our girls, like we love our, our hens. Like I could never, I'm like, don't touch the hens. They are, yeah. they are precious and we love them. They all have names and Little Frankie was on a window. They're so sweet. Yeah. Oh no, we love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. 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 That's Can amazing. How soon after your after the birth did you did you have the cyst on your ovaries? Was it caused by the birth or was it like I don't think so. So Maverick was one and a half, probably okay. at this okay. point. And so I mean, all of the stuff I had dealt with before being pregnant, all the hormonal imbalances, all the things, they're all still there. I hadn't super dealt with them yet on a root cause level. I had kind of just allowed my body to have enough of a break from all the drugs. I feel like it was like, Hey, this is our moment, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I deeply with everything I've been through, I deeply believe our body has the capability to heal itself with the right tools and with the right environment. So we have to be very conscious of our internal and external environment. But after all that was said and done, he's like, I went in there, I cleaned everything out, saved your ovary. I got rid of all the endometrial tissue as well because I've had multiple surgeries for that. They go in and they just take it all out and then it regrows and they take it all out. Um, And so he was like, so now's the time, you know, once you're recovered and once you're feeling better to try and have another baby because everything's all nice and clean in there. So uh, we were able to have Corbin after that, which was lovely. And then after that, were you much like, were you did you go through? I got sick again. (laughs) So then after that, yep, it all came back and they were like, you know what, Amy, it's time for a hysterectomy. And I was like, yeah, I'm done having kids. Two is great. Honestly, parents who have more than two, you're superheroes. I deeply believe that when we have more than two kids, like we should, as mothers grow like a prehensile tail. I agree. Like hold their, all their hands. Like You are superheroes. Two for me was enough. I had very difficult pregnancies, difficult births. I had to have surgery after both of the kids were born um, just for reasons. And I was done. I knew that. I knew I was done. I was so grateful to have two healthy, beautiful baby boys, boys, children that I was told I may never have, but a hysterectomy is very extreme. And I was a practicing RMT at that time. And so I know what that recovery looks like. My, my practice was very based on treating women pre and postnatally and pelvic balance was also part of my favorite to help women with. And 
I knew what that recovery looked like. And now I've got two very small children. Yeah. And recovery for hysterectomy means like you can't lift anything. You can't even vacuum for weeks and weeks. Like I don't know a mother alive who isn't going to pick up their tiny babies when they need them even. Yeah. In yeah. I was like, it's not time for that. I feel like that's very extreme. So again, I stepped away. Yeah. I said, you know what? I figured this out before I can figure this out again. Off I go. And I went and found a natural path actually. Um, Bostock. Yeah. 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 Yep. She was um, supposed to be on last weekend with us and our dogs ran away. And oh so we had, to res- we had to reschedule him. So he's coming in, in, I think in a couple weeks now, I feel he canceled on us or had to reschedule once we had to reschedule. I'm like third time's a charm. Yeah. Yes. Great. He's spectacular. I went into his office and I felt heard. I felt seen. I felt like someone was talking to me about more than just you know, the small bits of my body that everyone wanted to focus on. It was, let's look at your body as a whole. Let's look at your stress. Let's look at your actual hormone levels. Let's look at what drugs you've been on in the past and how we can alleviate stuff like that. It was, it was such a beautiful experience of, Hey, my body is a whole unit. It's not just a uterus. Let's dive into that. Isn't that that first visit to the naturopath after you've been in the, in the hospital system, your whole life, the first visit to a naturopath is like, Holy shit. Yeah. So beautiful. These people care. They want to help. And it's so educational. Yeah. Like I had to learn about my own body through trial and error, through my schooling. Obviously, I did a lot of anatomy and physiology training there. And like no one ever talked to me about my body, about my hormonal system, about the drugs I was taking and what kind of side effects those could have. Yeah. You know, as a young girl, I maybe would have made different choices had I known what I would be going through, what I go through now. It's so there's no real informed consent. I don't, yeah. And I'm a deep believer in, conform, in informed consent yeah. now. And I don't feel like they're giving you all of that information. I don't think they are fully aware of I don't think so all. either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think they love to say things are safe. <clears throat> When yeah. really, how do we know? Yeah. And we know long-term, I mean, the studies coming out about, let's just say birth control now are, are, I mean, they're incredible studies. It's beautiful to see, but they're still, it's still the most common drug given to young yeah. girls dealing with anything, yeah. anything. Oh, you have a bit of skin issues. You have, you know, a period let's put you on this. That was me as a teenager. I'm, yeah. I'm a little skeptical to say they're not aware. I think the medical system is aware of all the damage they're causing and all these studies are swept under the rug and Pfizer's getting a kickback and all these other doctors are getting, the, the, they're aware of the damage they're doing in the medical system for sure. I believe that on like higher up levels for sure. Yeah, I think when they yeah. come out of school right out of the gate, I don't think that. I don't yeah, think yeah, they yeah, really understand, right? Until they're yeah. in it, until yeah, they yeah. see and they're and when they do their schooling, it's so narrow focused. And like, I think Absolutely. on women's health, I heard doctors, I had a couple of doctors tell me like on women's health, it's like, it's like a week. Yeah. Of their schooling. Yeah. Well, and something like it's not a lot. Right. Right. No, I agree with that. The doctors, when they get out of school, they don't know. But the universities that are pushing these pharmaceutical education, they're aware. Well, of they're all they're all tied. The they're they're yeah. in bed together. Yeah. So. Right. And then as doctors go along, they realize, hey, I get more money. And hey, exactly. I don't I don't want to stereotype. I don't believe this of all doctors of anyone. Exactly. But there is there's kickbacks. Mm-hmm. For if you, hey, I've got this new drive. I've been through that. I know now I can, now that I know, I'm like, hey, I've got this new hormonal drug. You should absolutely try it and be on it. I know now why he gave that to me. Yeah. Because yeah. he's yeah. got a, three mortgages and a Ferrari that he needs to pay for. It's, yeah. And 
<laughs> it's too bad because there's no talk of, there wasn't any talk of long-term effects of me as a young girl going on all of these hormonal replacement drugs and birth controls when I was younger. And now a year and a half ago, two years ago, I went in to have an exam because I had really sore, I had a really sore breast and a really sore armpit. And um, they did just a manual exam. And they're like, you know what, you're really young. It's probably not that big of a deal. Yes, like young women in their early thirties have fibrous breasts still. So this could just be, you know, a, a hormonal thing of this, it's probably not cancer. And then they asked me about my health history. And as soon as I told them all the drugs I'd been on, they were like, oh, we need yeah. to get you in to make sure this isn't cancer. And I was like, huh? Yeah. I thought you just said it wasn't. They're like, yeah, but because of all the drugs you've been on since you were young or when you were young, there's such a high chance that this is breast cancer now right. because of those drugs. And I was like, right. So they're awesome. telling you that, that the drugs they gave you are, are cancer causing and you should be worried. Yep. Bingo. Nice drugs, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Right? Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. now I have to in the niche initially. So they weren't cancerous yet at that point. Um, so I did a lot of as soon as um what was I gonna say? Oh, ultrasound. So when you're in your early 30s, they don't do yeah. mammograms yet. Women's breasts are still too fibrous, so they do ultrasounds. Yeah. And so I had an ultrasound right away. They weren't what they would deem cancerous, but they were high risk. And right. so I started just doing my own remedies at home, doing the things that I know that I can do and had to have breast scans every three months, then every six months. And I had one and now I don't have one until they're giving me nine months now. So, but that's something I've had to go through now for the last couple of years because of the drugs I was on when I was younger, that didn't even end up helping me in the end. They were just this band-aid of, Hey, let's see if we can get your pain under control. Right. Let's not look at a root cause of why your hormones are so imbalanced that your body is freaking out and attacking you in this way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I have, I mean, the medical system has saved my life literally multiple times, like the, like the cyst surgery, yeah. right. They right. saved right. my life. So I have With respect for it and I know there's a place for it, but it's so reactive, right. Reactive band-aid system. And if they could just combine with a mentality and a system of, Hey, let's be proactive. Yeah. yeah. What can we do proactively is. and how can we get to root cause and who can I, as a doctor refer you to, because this is out of my just general scope of practice. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a beautiful world. <laughs> it would be a beautiful world. We need to eliminate this massive profit pyramid and then then maybe we can get to that. And I think the education system needs to change quite a bit as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, but it, once you eliminate the profit pyramid, it all comes crumbling down. Right. Right. It's the Rockefellers and the you know, we all you know, we know who's making the money. It's the 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 ones at the top that are sitting on their gold throne, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Um I didn't go through anything like you did, Amy, and but I did get put on birth control at a really at a young age, and it was because of my skin. And I was on birth control for years, and all of a sudden I started developing migraines. Can I, as a man, like who knows nothing about uh, uh, women's menstrual cycles and whatnot, like kind of when you go to the doctor for skin issues and they put you on birth control, isn't that like really weird? Well, it's uh, they they will they will say it's hormonal. <laughs> And so the birth control can help 
mm-hmm. balance out your hormones. Is that's there something else. Well, yeah, absolutely. That that there's a root cause <laughs> well, for why sure. your skin issue, and it, <laughs> and it's not hormone. It wasn't hormonal. My issue wasn't hormonal. It was I was a teen that ha- was full of inflammation because I ate yeah. shitty food. I ate sugar and carbs like nobody's business. Yeah. But no one told me to stop eating that. Yeah, exactly. My doctor even said she's like, yeah, diet isn't really related to acne. And I was like, <laughs> oh really? Really? So, anyways, I I got like put gut on health is one of the biggest causes of skin problems, but that's yes. fine. Yeah, no big yeah, deal. Yeah. No that's fine that I know that. Yeah, and like I yeah. can't even with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But that I'm like she believes that. So thankfully, I came from a family who already were going to naturopathic doctors and kind of using both Western medicine and holistic medicine. Um, so my mom wasn't wasn't ruling out everything. So she took me to a naturopath doctor. And one of my naturopathic doctors was like, he's like, you have a really, um, natural health IQ. Like you naturally know intuitively what is right and wrong for your body. And I, I never really thought of it that way, but it, it was kind of true. And as I've gotten older, like I just intuitively know things I'm like, okay, this is, this is right. I'm not too sure. Right. Why, but it feels right for me. And so anyways, fast forward, I got birth control. And then this one doctor, she was like, okay, let's try Accutane. And she goes, but with Accutane, you still have to be on birth control because if you get pregnant while you're on Accutane, your baby can be mutated. And I was like, (laughs) at that point, I think it was like 18. And I was like, pardon me, if I get pregnant, I, my baby could be mutated. So, but it's doing nothing to me. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not, not going to hurt the host. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I, I declined, I declined. And um, my mom was like, I'm really surprised at that age you declined because like you were so like, it hurt to touch my face. I'd wake up in the morning yeah. and I'd look in the mirror and I just wanted, I, I some days did cry. I was like, I can't like what, what is going on? This is so uncomfortable and so horrible. And so I found a new doctor cause I didn't like this one. Um, and then same thing though, I got put on birth control and then I started developing migraines and <clears throat> went back to my doctor and she goes, well, that is one of the side effects of your birth control. So I'm going to prescribe you some migraine medication. She's like, I'll give you some samples first, just try them. And the migraines were so debilitating, like I couldn't noise, like zero noise. I had to be in a dark room with my head covered in fetal position. And I felt like I was going to like throw up, like it was so awful. And I could always tell when it was coming on. Cause I'd get this like blurry vision and I was like, oh shit, it's going to happen. And so I like, if that was coming, I needed, and I was at work, I needed to call someone and be like, I need to get home ASAP or I'm going to like be on the floor here pretty quick. So I only had a few of those and And once I went into my doctor and she was, she was like, yeah, let's put you on this medication. I was like, no, I'm going off birth control. I will be careful. Like if, if I'm, if I need to prevent the guy can prevent it, I will be more careful that way. So it was, it was awful, but I'm like, how many women suffer from conditions from birth control and they just have no idea that it's it's because of the birth control. And you guys are just told that this is like all the cramps and the bloating and all the pain is just part of being a woman. Yeah. Welcome to womanhood. Aren't you happy yes. you're a woman? Yes. And isn't that awful that that was brushed off as, oh yeah, that's normal. You have these debilitating migraines. Oh, that's normal. They're, they're either menstrual migraines, which are considered normal, or they're migraines from the drugs you're on that's normal as well. And 
like that. Oh my gosh. It's, again, it's my biggest message is we need to be one informed, informed consent of what we're doing to our bodies and to stop normalizing what it is to be women and healthy. Yeah. 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 There's a whole emotional component that comes <clears throat> along with that too. Like our symptoms, like you were saying, like bad cramps, bloating, all the things that come along with periods that we think are normal. Those are common, but not normal. And then there's the more extreme where they're not as common, but still considered normal, like the migraines, like infertility, like PCOS, like endometriosis. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think we're at a stage now where it is quite common. It's one in six, one in six women for endometriosis, one in six couples, PCOS. all of them. Oh, all one of in six okay. women have like a, an, an extreme hormonal imbalance right. condition, okay. like one of those, like infertility, one in six couples in Canada have struggles with infertility. Yeah. So I say that's a lot that's more a common number. than we like to think. And yeah. then there's the very commonly disregarded aspect of all of that. And it's the emotional turmoil that women go through with all of this, the disassociation from their body, how their body's broken, but it, that's normal. The guilt that comes in, the shame cycles that we get into, especially as mothers, when we're dealing with all of this, but Hey, we still have to show up for our family. We still have to show up for our children. We still have to show up for our jobs, our careers, our passions, our little creative projects that we like to do. We're still expected to show up with a brave face through all of that while we're suffering through what is literally compared to men having a heart attack while also profusely bleeding. It's, it's emotionally very damaging to women. And we sweep that under the rug. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not even addressed at all. Yeah. No, zero, zero. So think of how empowering it is for women who get their periods and no longer have all the, all the, horrible side effects from I don't know, side effects, right, right word, but uh, it is, it's very empowering, especially when you get there yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to get there alone. I'm not saying you can't get there with the support of like a natural path, like um, even someone like myself, who's going to come in and just bring some awareness and give you some daily healthy habits and things that you can do to support your body. I'm not saying you have to do it alone, but finding people that align with your journey and your goals and someone who has been there is right. also a really good person to align with. I'm a deep believer that our community is a huge part of our health right. and that we can align ourselves with the right kinds of communities, ones that want to see us grow and succeed and win, especially when it comes to our health or our beliefs, like yeah. we struggle we have it's so important and so you don't have to do this alone but you can know and trust that your body can do very incredible things when given the right support wow. our internal environment works as a community it's not just bits and pieces and that community works with our external environment as its own little community and so understanding that your external environment has just as much impact on your internal environment and vice versa and when you start embracing your health from that kind of perspective, huge change can be made with just the smallest consistent actions. It's really beautiful. I couldn't agree more. I think, yeah, yeah community is very important. And like, even that saying, it takes a village, it takes a village to raise a family. It takes a village. When we shut ourselves off from the outside world, what comes in more depression, I find. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when, as, especially as a woman, like we, we need to talk things through mm -hmm. and, and men do too. And I think men are, are getting better at that now. Um, but like, if even just looking at the last few years, like stay home, self-isolate, like 
that's the worst thing you could do for a sickness or an illness. It's like, no, I need support right now. I oh, need someone totally. to talk to. Totally. And yeah. postpartum could be like, if you're alone and isolated, you imagine. Oh, well, I think that's why women who have postpartum, once they're alone, that it can lead to some really dangerous, dark, dark shit, dangerous. Yeah. Um, and now okay. we're looking at even more seclusion with the way the world is right now. Mm-hmm. And we didn't balance that out with talking about mental health more. No, we didn't balance it out with, Hey, this is what we're going to try. I don't think it's working. Let's be honest. Let's, yeah. But this is what we're going to try. Fine. Let's try it. But here's how we're going to supplement that yeah. with, okay, we're going to try this, but here's what you're going to do for you. Yeah. Here's what you're going to do to keep yourself healthy and safe and sane during this time of trial. There was no there was no balance there, especially for children, especially like, I mean, how many single parents are there out there? How many people are dealing with this just alone? Elderly. I can't, that's something I could just go off on for friggin' ever. It's such a detriment to society, to mental health, to our health in general, to, I mean, I'm a deep believer that finances are a huge part of our health as well. I have a lot of pillars of health and community and finances are big ones. And those are things that we're losing control over right now, yeah. as well as the lack of body freedom and so many things that are happening. It's very detrimental and there's no balance there to help us yeah, or to help support people who aren't quite in the space of, you know what, I'm going to figure this out myself. Yeah. 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 Right. And that's okay. Why would, why, why are there's very still few people that are in that space? It's because we were never taught to do so there's some of us that have broken away and are very absolutely um, accountable for our own health and our own mental health and things and we know that that 100 falls on us yeah and is our responsibility and i understand why people aren't there yet so how what have we done to help these people yeah there's nothing yeah it's like we i haven't always been there i'm very independent with everything now health every single aspect of my life i'm in control of now but i wasn't always you know, you gotta, we gotta realize that 20 years ago, I was a, a helpless, you know, I needed, I, I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. You know, what a, yeah, it's harsh, harsh times. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I think that's okay. I think we need to normalize that as well. Exactly. It's okay that we go from one reality sense of being who we are to another it's okay that we evolve it's okay that we made the choices we did back then but when we know better we can do better and i deeply believe that it's our responsibility to keep knowing better exactly (laughs) yeah keep figuring out what aligns with us and through this whole process i kept like trying to outside of the obvious reasons of why i felt this didn't feel very good but I did a lot of core value work. I don't know how much work you guys have ever done around that, but knowing your core values as a being, as an individual, it's amazing to see how it navigates your life. And my core values are freedom, love, and growth. Those are my top three. There's branches that come down from that, but I would have guessed that love would would have been my first core value, but it's not, it's freedom. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't, that's why a lot of this doesn't align with me so much because it's not just like freedom of general freedom of Canada, freedom of a sense of this. Like I deeply believe in, in financial freedom. I am an entrepreneur. I like running my own schedule. I always struggled being in a space of employee, (laughs) right? (laughs) Working for someone else's hours, working for someone like that, that never, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't just be like an employable person. Well, it didn't align with my values. turns out why I love homeschooling versus regular. I love the freedom to homeschool my children. I love the freedom of 
doing what I do. And I love body freedom. That's very important to me because of the two stories that I've just told you about, you know, the breast cancer risk that I have, right? That's because I don't feel like I have a very, I had a very informed choice when I was younger, right? I deeply believe in body freedom because of the self-advocacy I had to develop of almost dying. Like there's reasons people feel the way that they feel. And I think with everything that's going on, we've lost that. Yeah. We've lost that sense of humanity. People judge me deeply for my choices right now, but you don't know why I'm making them. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And same thing. It's like that on the other side too, right? We have to give people grace. We have to come back to our humanity. People are making the choices they're making right now because of their past experiences, because of what they know or don't know. And we've lost all of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things that people need to realize um, for sovereignty over bod- uh, bodily autonomy, um, there are people who are losing everything right now mm-hmm. to maintain their convictions of why they're not getting a certain medical procedure right now. They're literally mm-hmm. losing their jobs. There's people who have had to sell their house. Um, Kristen Nagel, mm-hmm. her and her husband, uh, she's a nurse who lost her job, had to sell her house. They've got two little kids. They homeschool now. Her husband lost his job as a teacher back in Ontario. And they've lost everything. They've, but it's freedom is so important to them that they're willing to lose it all. So mm-hmm. people are like, just like, this isn't, this isn't coercion. This isn't, you, you do get a choice. And it's like, this is not a choice. This is coercion. What is happening in Just the world right sure. now? Yeah, yeah, um, but people who are willing to fight for bodily autonomy are literally losing everything and yeah. they're, they're not okay with it, but they're not, they're not willing to cave because that, yeah. that is so important. Yeah. And that's where the sides aren't even. That's exactly. Right. That's exactly. where it's, Hey, I can respect your choice but where's the respect for my choice right now? Exactly, exactly. Right, I can I can respect your choice and love on you no matter what decisions you've made in this, but I do absolutely expect the same respect in return. Yeah. Absolutely. And those it's- are the relationships that I cultivate in my life. I had a conversation with a nurse who is one of my friends. She's someone I grew up with and it just happened to come up. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm three of these procedures deep and I've just decided that this is, this is my realm. I'm in the medical system. I want to trust and keep going. But then she said to me, how are you doing with all of this? I said, well, I'm, I'm the opposite. I have not done any of these things. And she's like, knowing you as a person and knowing what you've been through, she's like, I understand that. Yeah. I respect that. How is that not how it should be? Yeah. Right there. That general conversation. This is your realm. You're in medicine. You're fighting for this side. Great. I respect you. I love you. You've been through what you've been through and you absolutely should have the choice to not go through anything like that again, just from your perspective. Great. I love Mm -hmm. you. Go. Yeah. (laughs) That's a beautiful humanity right there. Right. It's a beautiful discussion between people who have two opposing views. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy debate. Healthy. Well, we've lost that because the censorship has gotten so bad. And I don't know if you want to go down this road, but the censorship has gotten so bad that people who are trying to, to debate the opposite of what the narrative is, what, what the narrative is, are just getting shut down. They're getting shut down. They're getting silenced or they're Mm -hmm. too fearful to speak out in 
so that they don't lose their job, so that they don't lose their their clients, so they don't lose the, the game field is tilted for sure. Absolutely, it's tilted. Absolutely, our listeners know that, and that's not freedom. No, no, no. They've got they've got the media, which is the the hugest hugest tool in that. They've got the media. They got the uh, the bootlicking thugs on their side. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we yeah, got the numbers. Yeah, and it's it's been sad to watch. It's been hard to watch as someone who, like I said, my core values are freedom, love, and growth. And so to see the world go in the opposite of that direction right now is very challenging because I deeply believe that we can all have freedom in our own right. We can all be loved and we can all have the space to grow with whatever aligns with us. And I don't believe that we should ever have to step out of integrity for someone else's. Exactly. I think that's what integrity is. Like I can respect your integrity and where your lines are. If that's, you know, as long as it's reciprocated for sure. And even if yeah. it's not, again, that's just grace on someone else's journey. You know what? That's yours. But integrity is something I feel like we've lost. Like your friends that you're talking about have lost everything. That's because they're standing in their integrity. Yeah, exactly. That should be, that should be respected and understood. Yeah. If I stand in my integrity and it doesn't align with you or make sense to you or it offends you or it upsets you, yeah, that's yours. Yeah, yeah, that's yours. That's, that's right. maybe you need to start looking at where your integrity is, and if it's different than mine, you have to accept that that's okay. Yeah, and if you can't accept that, then we're just gonna have to go our separate ways. That's right. You go this way, I go this way. All the best to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. It's right, that's where aligned boundaries. community comes in. That's yeah, exactly. where community is so important right now, right? That's where you can you. build your community. Yeah. yeah. And that's the one thing that I'm, that is so heartbreaking because I've, and I've said this lots of times, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I, I do love people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love people. And I, and I am the type of person who like gives everybody the benefit of the doubt, plays devil's advocate. Whereas Jamie's kind of the opposite. You've got to, he's, you have to prove yourself <laughs> or you, I don't, I used to love people like you do. I've just been jaded recently i still love people i still love everybody i love all my brothers and sisters but i'm just a little more you've got a good a little more business savvy cutthroat you know like okay uh, you know i don't know how to quite say it without sounding like an asshole you know what's beautiful though is you guys can help each balance each other out and that's what we do like we we talk about chris and i are the same yeah yeah Yeah. the same i help him have a little more hey we can you know open up and love on some people here a little bit and he helps yeah. me have a little more discernment that's yeah. right yeah that's a beautiful way of saying it that's kind of exactly how we are yeah mm-hmm. and i that's the 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 masculine and feminine yeah. feminine side of things and yeah. the the mother father i think it's that i'm okay being in my role i will give someone the shirt off my back as long as i know that they are worthy of it <laughs> <laughs> i would give it even if they weren't worthy if they well, needed it <laughs> I'm saying it wrong. I, I, I have a, I have good intentions and a good heart. And I, I've just, I wanted, I don't know. I don't know how to finish this without sounding like an asshole. I love it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You can give someone the shirt off your back, but you don't have to let them into your home and into your realm. Exactly. exactly. Right? Boundaries. Exactly. right? Boundaries. That's boundaries. And I think a beautiful example of something like that is when we talk about things like forgiveness forgiveness if you're sitting in something where you're so angry at someone and you're unwilling to forgive them that's like taking poison yourself and expecting them to die exactly Mm -hmm. yeah exactly that kind of mentality of hey 
I can forgive you for the sake of myself. I can yeah. do things that are integrity with me. I can give you the shirt off my back for the sake of my beliefs, my integrity. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're, you're a part of my life. That's that doesn't right. Mean you're a part of my home. That doesn't mean you're a part of my family. It doesn't mean you're a part of my community. So I think we get people get forgiveness really um, like back ass word, honestly, is that if you forgive someone, that means they're now a part of your life. They're back in your realm. They're back of, you know, an influence of you. And that's not what it is. It's you yeah. letting go of it for yourself, for your own growth, for your own ability to move forward. And it gives you the ability to let them go. Right. Thank you. You just eloquently summed up what I was trying to say. What what Amy just said, that's how I feel. Yeah. I think Amy <laughs> is a master with- uh... You're a wordsmith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're very good at it. Thank you. And like one of the things- Dug me out of that trench there. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Thank you. <laughs> one of the things that you said at the beginning, how you love public speaking, like most people hate public speaking. Most people would rather die. Most people fear public speaking more than death. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People and would rather actually... die than go in front of people. <laughs> so you're yeah. one of those weird people. <laughs> I'm one of those weird people. And you know what? I never used to be. I never used to be one of those weird people. Even when I went to school, I learned at the end of my uh, schooling, I would have to present a case study and like basically a thesis to my class. And as soon as I learned that, I was like, well, I'm not going to the school. That sounds terrible. I'm not going to be able to speak to my class at the end of all of this. I mean, at the end though, you're with an intimate group of people, you know them intimately, you've seen them all naked. I'm a massage therapist. So like as that goes. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't a big deal. And then still, I would have never pictured myself as a public speaker. But when I went on the journey that I did, and when I finally had something to say, yeah, I found a passion for it and found a spark inside of me of that, like, if I can just help one person by telling my story and help one woman by bringing some awareness, then that's what it is. So why yeah. wouldn't I get up in front of hundreds of people and say that? And it started small. It started small. After I went to the naturopath and started seeing that, I also got introduced to the external environment of things. I went to a presentation where a woman spoke on carcinogens, endocrine disruptors, and how it's so terrible for our hormone health. And here in the back of my mind, my anatomy nerds going like, hey, endocrine system regulates your hormones, produces yeah. and regulates all your hormones. I have a hormonal problem. She's talking about endocrine disruptors. What if this is the next piece? Mm -hmm. to the puzzle and then this whole light bulb went off and then I started tackling my external environment and that's when I really started healing to be mm -hmm. honest because your body can only do so much I could heal my body only so far but if I keep bombarding it with the shit in my environment it's not going to get to where it needs to go yeah and so that was the next step and so then I started speaking in that same space as she did and it evolved from there. And I always talked on, it was more about anatomy, external environment, and I never brought in my story too much. And then about a year, year and a half ago, I brought in my full story into my presentation. And that's when it really, maybe two years ago, but that's when it really, women were coming up to me afterwards, like, oh my gosh, I feel so seen and heard. Me wow. too. Yeah. Right. Me yeah. too. I've been through this as well. And so my presentations have evolved now to more of an emotional support in all of this. Yes. The knowledge, the anatomy is still there and things, but I can say a lot of impressive things and you're going to be very impressed. 
You're going to like my big words. You're going to like the science. It's very cool. But if you don't believe that it's possible, yeah. if you don't believe that it's possible for you, yes, I, and that's what I hate about women so much is that we constantly are just like, oh, that's great for her, but not for me. Yeah. No, if it was yeah. possible for me, it's possible for you. And you need to exactly. one, believe that having a healthy hormone system is even possible. And then you need to believe it's possible for you and that you can start making those changes. 100%. But women won't make those changes. They won't take those steps unless the emotional aspect and the belief system has been shifted and your belief system stand that stands for BS for a reason. Yeah. Right? It's just stories we tell ourselves. And so that's I don't so, even know where I was going with that no, such that a tangent, was, but, <laughs> but so the good. emotional aspect is what, oh, public speaking. So that's yeah. when it really came in. When I started seeing all of that and the impact I could have, I loved my practice. I loved treating women, but I was treating one woman per hour. Yeah. Whereas what I do now, I feel like I can have a greater impact mm-hmm. and yeah. reach more people. Yeah. And, and you're, as you're treating people, I'm sure you loved it, but like that being an RMT can be quite taxing on your own body too. Absolutely. And I was, I had to stay governed in this realm of scope of practice. Yeah. Yeah. Which was yeah. very hard for me. Cause freedom is what days you're when I had women coming to me crying about all the things they're going through. How could I not connect with them on an emotional level? How could I yeah. not offer any advice that I had my experiences, how I know that these little shifts they can make could change their life. And it was just, I needed more. I needed more of a platform to help them. Mm-hmm. So what did you do for your health that really, um, like you're talking about the endocrine disruptors, what did you do in your household? First off, um, got rid of all of them. So we have a boundary in our house that fragrance is not allowed anything yeah. with fragrance, perfume, whatever you see on the back there. It's just a fancy heading for a shit show of stuff that you don't yeah. want in your body that they don't have to tell you about because it's under the trade secret of their signature fragrance. Right. right. So that was a big one. We have a lot of, yeah, that kind of boundary in our house. It's funny. We're pretty much the so, same here. Well, I don't I, buy anything with so scents they, or perfume. So that's the, that's a little loophole, a, a fragrance loophole is that they can put whatever the hell they yeah. want in there because it's their secret want. recipe. Yeah. Yep. Whatever they <laughs> huh. want. So and they can put labeling lies powder and cyanide yep. in there if they want to. Yep. Uh, formaldehyde. Jesus. Yep. Don't get me started on what that's all the things that that's hidden in. Yeah. But <laughs> the FDA. I think I know. And, but that's just never. it. The FDA doesn't even have the right to look through it. Yeah. Like exactly. They don't even have the right to dive into what's under this company's fragrance. And in North America, our, what we're allowed in our products here is drastically different than what is in European standard products. You yes. know how sensitive I am to any cologne or perfume. Yeah. I get like instant diarrhea. I'm like, oh my God, somebody's wearing perfume. I got to get the hell out of this environment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, essential oils. Love them. Love them all. Oh, love them. That but was a huge part of my healing journey. I didn't even tell journey. him that that's what you oh, do. Really? Yeah. That's a oh. huge part of my healing journey. And that's where, that's the space I speak in most of the time. Oh, nice. That yeah. was a totally hidden little gem. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. My, my peaceful period project um, integrates essential oils and nice. things like that as a facilitator. It's definitely more about lifestyle and mindset and stuff, but there is, I'm giving people tools to facilitate with things that they can use in their own home. That's fantastic because that stuff makes me feel good. Fake yeah. fragrances make me feel sick right away. Because they're not real. And it's funny, exactly. we've we've built up at a tolerance 
to our body's intolerances. So right. once you decrease from fragrance and those kind of things, your body reacts to it like it would. Exactly. Like it would. If, yes. So those reactions that you're having are very normal when people get their nose burning and their chest mm. all like, I can't even walk through certain aisles in the grocery store now. Whereas before, before I detox my body, I was like, oh, la, 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 this smells so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Now it's just like, oh my gosh, what section? is that? It's yeah. punching me in the face. Like, totally. Yeah. Bath and yes. body works. You pass, you don't oh. even go into bath and body works. It's just passing. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 and whereas I used to love that store. I used yeah. to love oh, yeah. it. I'd go in, their soaps were on sale. It was like, whoo, you're coming yeah. home with me. Yeah. But yeah. now it's the opposite. And yeah, so me too. We I think, think we need that. to get away from that step of just because it's, it's, I don't feel sick now, just because it doesn't bother me now. Oh, fragrance doesn't bother me. Detox from it and tell me that again. Yeah. yeah. Same with food. Same yeah. with food. Same you with can food. eat, you can eat crap food, yeah. eat McDonald's, eat like, you know, name That's it, a huge point. eat processed food constantly. And then you step away from that and you, you have a healthier lifestyle and then you eat it one night. You're sick. Or at yeah. least we are, or my kids, my kids would go to a birthday party and we don't eat a lot of sugar. We don't eat a lot of dairy. We don't eat a lot of gluten. They go to a birthday party and it's like, yeah, have fun. You're going to have a good night. Eat, eat the crap. The next day they like got the sniffles or that's what happened. If I eat like shit, I feel terrible. And then we know, we know people that eat fast food. Well, I do. Trev eats fast food two, three times a day and feels fine all the time. It's like, how are you alive? I would say he probably feels fine. He's got issues, but he feels fine in the realm of what's normal. Yeah, exactly. Fine is what's normal right now. We as humans feel like, oh, if we feel fine, then that's great. Well, fine. What a load of crap. Why would anyone want to feel just fine? I just want to say, Trev, when you listen to this, I love you, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. But it's, it is, it's about helping your body process. So yes, detoxing my external environment was a big one. That was huge for me being very conscious of what we were bringing in and the average person, depending on what your job is, but the average person, the most toxic environment they're exposed to is their home. Yeah. Yeah. That is all of the, the shampoos, the cleaners, those all mix on your body. The average woman walks out of the house with three to 500 different chemicals coursing through her veins just from her morning routine. Yeah. Women have the average buildup of five pounds a year of carcinogens, endocrine disruptors, and those kind of things that just build over time. So yeah, maybe you haven't tipped that scale yet. Maybe you feel fine now, but that scale will tip. Exactly. As those pounds the come toxic on. Toxic load can only take. So, so we are the gatekeepers. Like that's a scary statistic, but that's, that's an environment we have control over. That is the environment we have control over as our home. So we have the power to like switch that we're the gatekeepers to our own home. We decide what comes in and out of there. We decide what we spend our money on. And so that was a big one. So making sure our external environment is very toxin-free and then learning what aligned for me on an internal level, what foods increased my inflammation, what doesn't, what, you know, my hydration matters a lot. The oils I'm using matters. The supplements I'm using matters. You know, I did a lot of research on supplements and making sure I'm not using supplements. You talk about cyanide, most compact, the compact pills, that's their binding agent. Really? Yeah. How about that? (laughs) Okay. Supplements are an unregulated realm. And we go buy them off the shelf and assume they're healthy and safe for us because someone should be taking care of that, but they're not. So, so, so that's like a, their binding agent, like, like the glue that holds these like capsules yeah, like together, the compact that holds them together. So not the, not the, not the ones that are in like the capsules that can the fall apart, but like if yeah. it's like a compact one yeah. right. and, and a lot of it's synthetic, like you go out and buy a vitamin B complex, it's all synthetic B's. 
exactly mm. yeah yeah right yeah so it's 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 that's why you are yourself insulin. with some education right yeah red meat is very high in b12 very high in mm -hmm. vitamin b12 if you eat a steak a day or, or or four ounces of beef a day you really don't even need to take b12 yeah mm -hmm. well it's fun like because i've like you have been on this journey of trying to figure out my guts i've for the last God, forever. I've been trying to figure out my guts. I've gone through, we went full vegetarian. We went vegan. We've done all these things. And now I'm, we did more than that though. Before that we did yeah. paleo. Oh yeah. We did, we did all, like, oh, yeah. gone down. I'm steering now towards more meat, more meat, more meat. I'm, I'm, I think I want to try full on carnivore soon because it's, it feels good. It feels right. The thing that we're doing though, is listening to our bodies. Right. More. And that's what I, yes. that's where I was about to go with that because my body's telling me like, when I eat a steak, I feel great. When I eat oats or whatever i feel like shit so i need to like and, and now i'm steering more towards just eggs like there'll be days where i eat eggs for breakfast and then just some meat and those are the days where i feel the best so i think i want to like go further down that, that and path. like good for you for embracing that too because you know jamie your makeup is different than my makeup exactly right. yeah Brittany, exactly. yours is different than mine your hormones even are different than mine what i have done that was successful for me would maybe look different for you. There's like a broad thing that we can all do for sure yeah. that is going to give us a general sense of like ease on our hormones. But as you dive deeper and deeper into it, it's going to look a little different. So 100%. there has to be grace in our healing and grace for others as well, because that's different. So like Jamie, like you said, meat aligns with your body. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Me, I know when my body needs a steak, it's about every three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, we lost you for a second. Out. I lost oh, you. No. Oh, I can hear you. Are you there? <laughs> Amy? Oh, no. Oh, I hear, I hear you. you. Oh, there you are. <laughs> there and we are. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what happened. You guys totally paused. I'm going off of my steak rant. Yeah, um, we heard I don't know where that paused. Daddy needs a steak for about every, every three weeks. weeks. Yeah, about every three weeks, like I'll call Chris at work and be like, it's steak day. I need you to bring me home a steak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you, there's beautiful tests you can do. I just did a whole panel with Dr. Bostock, who you guys are going to be talking to soon, where he did blood work for me. And he's able to tell me what foods align with my body and which ones cause inflammation. Yeah. And there was someone there that really surprised me that I'm now going to avoid for a little while just to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's... And like, I'm listening, like we eat salad a lot all the time, right? The other day I was eating salad and I was eating it and I was like, these uncooked vegetables, they're just not sitting very Especially well. in the winter months. These, like, like, these raw peppers, it's like, oh, I don't feel good. But then I think about a steak, my mouth waters, I feel great. It's like, okay, well, I need to listen to that, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, the American Health Association, or whatever, will tell you that the salad is the better option 100% of the time. And it's like, no, that's not true. And, mm. but like Amy said, like every individual body is so different. And well, totally. That's and why a blanket recommendation is ridiculous. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And some people's healing, some people like live and survive really well doing like juice cleanses, but I yeah. think our climate is huge. So when we moved up here, um, a year and a half ago, we were total vegetarians and then winter came and I was like, something isn't feeling right. Like I'm holding on to weight. I'm not, I'm like gaining weight and we're eating vegetarian and we were, we were quite healthy. Um, and I was like, I think, I, I think I'm the one that even said, I'm like, I think we need to start eating yeah. meat again. At least I do. And that was huge. Like That's all I needed to hear. 
cows, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like cows are like one of my favorite animals. And I would be like, I could never eat a cow. I could never eat a cow. But I also had my blood work done years ago. And, um, for my blood type, like there's different blood types too. And my doctor back then was like, you need to eat red meat. And I didn't even eat red meat back then. I was like, no, not listening to you. Not gonna, not eating red meat. And so, but now I'm, we eat it like regularly. And I was like, I'm feeling, I have more energy than I've ever had before. And I've started doing, um, fasting and holy smokes, that's been a game changer for me. And I don't know, I don't know if it is for everybody, but the, the articles I've been reading and the videos I've been listening to of people, how it can be such a healing environment too fast. Having said that, I know it can trigger other things too. So you have to, again, listen yeah, to the body. For everybody, yeah, yeah, for sure. And same thing when you know more about what aligns with your body, it's so powerful. So for me, I would eat a lot of eggs. We have chickens. I would eat a lot of eggs and I would only eat red meat every now and then when I had that moment of, Hey, like it's time, but I did this test with Dr. Bostock. Well, eggs are like one of the highest inflammatories for me. Yeah. It was like one of the highest numbers on there and steak was a zero. Wow. Really? Yeah. So yeah, switching that up a little bit for a yeah. while. Right. But how would you know? Yeah. How would you know unless you decide to go dive into that? And I think it's just yeah. so important to create a safe space of people Wonder. discovering what their body needs and supporting them and doing that. Like go have these tests. Yeah. I, I Don't settle for feeling fine. Totally. Yeah. Go do what you need to do to feel better, to be extraordinary, to live better. Yeah. And then once you've done that and you've gone down the testing, doing different testing, you can get to a point where it's like, you just like can even hold something. And I know this is going to sound totally woo woo for some people, but you get to hold something and you're like, like Jamie was having a salad. He's like, this isn't feeling my body need, is telling me I need something. Just different. holding it and looking at it is making me go. Ugh. Yeah. And you can then feel holding... yourself pushing away. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like leaning towards like yeah. everything is energy. And, and like, we've done a lot of muscle testing, like with our, with our younger son too, like he had some health issues and muscle testing was like mind blowing how it worked because he's, he was just little and I would have to hold on to him. And then the, the acupuncturist that we were seeing would then test my arm. And I, I could, I was like, all of a sudden have no power in my arm from this muscle testing. And I'm like, how is this happening? Well, like it was because I'm, I'm just touching him. And but that reminds me of like grabbing an electrical fence. Like if you grab an electrical fence, you're going to get shocked. But if I grab the electrical fence and grab you, you're going to get shocked. I'm not. Oh, interesting. The current goes all the way through me, hits you. And I didn't know you. that. Yeah. I will not feel anything, oh, wow. but you'll get the shock. You're just the conductor. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I didn't know. Boom, that. Totally I didn't know that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So yeah, that works out. So I, you know what? That's uh, it's gotta be how that works. We're very electrical conductor beings. I mean, how often do you get a static shock? It happens all the time. That's why grounding charged. is so yeah. important. Yeah. 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 Cool. Crazy. And one thing I will say about an elimination diet is it can be a very grueling. strenuous, grueling process. And yes. that's one of the good things about the carnivore diet. I know it's not for everybody. I absolutely know that, but meat is one of the only things you can survive on just that and, and thrive on just that. It get it's got all, everything you need, all the, uh, it's by bio, very bioavailable or whatever. And this is just funny coming from people who used to be vegetarian. Yeah, I know. Right? I know, I know. So I, it's like, yeah. you have to, you, like you said, give yourself grace to ebb and flow and, yes. and permission and, and the space for change. Yeah. yeah. You used to be vegetarians. Now you're looking at a full meat diet. No judgment. Good no, for you. Totally. Yeah, right. Like, we That's some vegetarians. Great. Yeah. So now <laughs> even we, if I was a vegetarian, I'd be like, you know what? 
good for you. You find what aligns with your body. And yeah. if we could all just embody more exactly. of that, exactly. even just that shift of mental, like mentality, what a different world this would be. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's important to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> to evaluate are others people's choices offending me? Why? Why is that yeah. weighing on me so much? Like, let's internalize a little bit and ask ourselves more hard questions. Like, is that really affecting my life? Is it affecting my life that you're going to be a carnivore? Am I going to let that weigh on me for the rest of my day as a vegetarian? Which I'm not, but just saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why? Why would I do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's more. Yeah. yeah, life's too oh, short yeah. for that. Right. We know? need to literally learn to let that shit go and just stay with what aligns with us and what is integrous to us. So yeah. I think yeah. that's a good message for. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, this Amy, episode for sure. If that's like the concluding thought, like yeah, you're a beautiful soul. Um, you are. You're you're great. I love yeah. talking to you. Yeah. How how can people find you? How would um, well, I'll definitely make sure I give course. you like my information, but uh, on Instagram everything. is probably yeah. where I'm the most active. It's just my name at Amy Lenius, and I do a bunch on there, and that's a great place to get a hold of me. I do love coaching people on toxin free living. I am deeply invested in this whole women's healing path that I'm on with the Peaceful Period Project that comes out soon. I am giving little mini presentations right now. That's very close to my heart. It's about the emotional impact that I talked about earlier, that commonly disregarded emotional impact that women go through. It's on that. And it's uh, also quite a huge module in the program I have as well. So How lots going on. Your program <laughs> is, does it run all the time or is it just something that somebody can purchase and then they get to listen to it <clears throat> at their Right now I'm going to do it as a group. So I'm going to launch it okay. next month and it's going to be, um, as a group, which is awesome. Yeah. Group, because I want knowledge. women to feel heard in a community. So I'm going to yeah. start it as a group and then eventually it's going to be on a platform where you go through the modules and then we just meet one-on-one, -on -one. but I really wanted to do it as a group first so that we can yeah. integrate some community. And then going forward, I'll have free once a month zooms for that community to come in for anybody who just wants to hear about women's health. So they can just look you up on Instagram and Absolutely. I'll, and then your information is all there. Yeah. Oh, Amy, awesome. I'm so glad our paths crossed. I think we, we were, we were meant to meet and I'm so happy you, your house, you guys are going to be moving, but I wish you weren't at the same time. Yeah. I, I know. No. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's the beauty of the internet, I guess. Yes. Well, yeah. good luck on that journey. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's and it. I would love to stay in touch and I appreciate you guys having me in your space and letting me talk my passion and my oh, our pleasure. It, it was, was, it was amazing. absolutely our pleasure. It was absolutely amazing. And we wish you all the best and I will be in touch with you too. So awesome. Thank you so much. Lots of love, Amy.